Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2018. I'm Amato, and with me are... Tori. And Dom, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I need to have listened to more Beast Wars to, like, get the voices down, but I was trying to read all of Megatron's lines in the Megatron voice when I I read this. I think out of the three of us, you're the one most likely to reach that register. (laughs) Yeah, I would like to hear you do the Megatron voice, actually, Amato. Uh, I'm not super familiar with it, but okay. how is the yes? Is it like, yes, no? Maybe a little bit, that no. idea, but maybe a little bit quicker. Yes. yes. No, no. It's, a, it's a bit maniacal. Yeah, that, that, was, that, that was pretty good, Amato, I'm not going to lie. All right, I'll be speaking like that all fanfiction, yes. No. no. It won't no. get tired at all. <laughs> no. No. I will not be doing that. Um, anyway. Amato will not be doing that. Megatron and Rattrap are the two that, like, I remembered enough to try to read them in their voice. I, I might want uh, to try a rat trap voice, but I, I don't. I, I don't think I want to do that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Did we give the uh, viewer the the viewers? Yes, <laughs> they can see us, right? The listeners, they should like. I put on a full face today. I don't know why they can't see me. Anyway, um, why? What context we're having for talking about Beast Wars? Well, they can read the episode Beast title, right? Okay, <laughs> that's a really good point. But yes, we are um, doing Beast Wars today. If there's one thing that you two love is Digimon, and if there's two things that you two love, it's Beast Wars and Digimon. And so I was trying to throw you a bone by choosing a Beast Wars fanfiction and hoping that it went better than the Digimon fanfiction. I think Dom might have a little bit more, like, recent love of Beast Wars. I'm not sure. I do love Beast Wars. Yeah, I I loved it when I was younger. It's just been such a long time, I kind of had forgotten about it. And, like, I I had a love of it as a kid also, but I also had a reemergence... When I was like 19 or 20, where oh, I dove okay. back into it and rewatched the whole series. Mm. See, I want to do that now because yeah, totally. I forgot actually like how nuanced it is until this fanfiction reminded me. You have to get through the first couple episodes because they are shit, mm. <laughs> legitimate, complete shit. Like I was rewatching it, and I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll watch Beast Wars. So this will be fun. Episode one, like my hand was just slowly reaching to the X in the corner <laughs> the yeah. whole time. Back when you got in back into Beast Wars, Dom, you recommended it to me, and I watched the first episode, and I was like, eh, that's okay, I'll just not watch this after that. Hmm. Um, you were pretty nice considering how crappy that episode is. <laughs> I actually had to explain what Beast Wars was to my uh, therapist today, so we were just talking, like, oh, you do audio podcasts, you know, um, what do you read? Oh, like, fan fiction, like, we just did Beast Wars, oh, what's that? That was a very interesting uh, How old is your therapist? Uh, older than I don't actually know, but older than I am, probably she's probably in her early forties. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest thing trying to explain this podcast to other people. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you know anime and stuff. Like, yeah, I'm cool. Okay, so you know the fan community is based off that. I'm like, uh, you know the the commentary on the fan community is based off those things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's I, I barely know that. Stuff, yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, the actual fan fiction we're doing is Beast Wars Basic Program. It was written by Black Widow Three. Not to be confused with the other Black Widows, I suppose. Uh, published in 2002 CE on fanfiction.net. You say that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> the year of our Lord, 2002. Do we know the gender of the gender of the author? We do not know the gender of the author. It's weird because I read the fanfiction as kind of misogynistic, but then recognizing the name as something that's more commonly adopted by people who are might have been a not men. Might have so. been a favorite character of theirs. Yeah, I hate to break it so. to you, Tori, but uh, misogynism 
is not misogyny. Yes, I I understand that, but it was just the treatment of the female characters that I was like, I, I mean, obviously women can write in very misogynistic yeah. ways. I'm not saying they can't, and non-men can write in misogynistic ways. Like, can't. Maybe a little bit too honest. The most misogynistic people I know are like my mom, my younger sister. <laughs> Really? Because the most misogynistic people I know are hands down men. But anyway, <laughs> I, I guess more of what I was saying is that it sounded like it was very, like, not understanding of the women's perspectives more than, mm-hmm. like, internalized misogyny being reiterated. It was seemed very, like, alienated from the female characters. I did but. notice that in this fanfic, the uh, protoplasmic robots that take animal forms and also have genders for some reason were yeah, rather heterosexual. Uh, mm-hmm. more so than I remembered from any other Transformers media yes, that I have engaged in. like, sexuality in it. I don't remember if that was accurate to the source material well, or not. They had, um, Air Razor and, what was it, the wolf, I think, Silverbolt? Yeah. What? That, that character didn't appear, I don't think. Not in this fan. No, yet. it was Silverbolt and Black Arachnia, I think, in the well, series. Black, Black Arachnia oh, and Air series. Razor, right? Yeah, yeah the, the, there were some canon couples in this that people didn't oh, care about. Oh, couples. Oh, yeah. okay, no. Black Arachnia and Air Razor were not a canon couple, to my knowledge. I do not recall the canon couples, and I don't think they were mentioned in this fic. But uh, Cheetor being like a young, uh, young buck is always like talking about the sexy ladies, which I think is hilarious because they it's are machines. Very weird. Yeah, but like uh, Black Arachnia. They don't reproduce like that. Oh no, they do. No, they don't. They do according to this fan fiction. Okay, let's get well, into this okay, fanfiction. Okay, let's get into it. <laughs> Maybe they don't, actually. But there was one of the couples in there that was, um, it was the Falcon, I forgot who the pair was, but like the Falcon was coded as female. Air Razor. That's Air Razor. Yeah, Air Razor. And, and the, whoever, oh, I think it was the wolf, wasn't it? Uh, Tiger, Tigron? Oh, Tiger. Tig- Tigatron? Tigatron. Tigatron yeah. is a the, tiger, right? Those two were a couple. <laughs> in the Japanese dub... Um, Air Razor doesn't look as feminine as, like, um, Black Arachnia does. Yeah, Black right. Arachnia is supposed to be, like, a femme fatale. Yeah, so in the Japanese dub, they're just like, oh, that's a guy. Oh, okay. so they just... Did they roll with it? They just rolled <laughs> so with it. They, they, they kind of um, cousined it away. Because mm-hmm. uh, making them... Uh, like a reverse Sailor Moon. Like a Sailor Moon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, when they made the lesbian couple into cousins in the English dub. Yeah, so, so like, making that, that character male made them accidentally create a gay couple and they try to as hard yeah. as they could to like write around that which now, is so weird because then sailor moon came to the u.s they <laughs> turned a male character into a woman in order to avoid a gay coupling even though there was no overt like romance between them or they could have played yeah. that off too well there was a little bit, a little bit but it wasn't like they never kissed on screen no. but uh only die beautifully on screen mm-hmm Anyway, uh, I understand that the new Transformers comics, or the more recent Transformers comics, are very, you know, good about some Transformers having genders, but that also being totally irrelevant to the romantic relationships, like, Hmm. you know, or not irrelevant, but like, there's a lot of uh, queer robot to the extent that that is a thing. I'm still just struggling to understand how romance is an essential part of a robot's function, but all right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's set that aside. They're, they're a robot race they're of some humanized. kind. They're very humanized. Yes. Uh, and that's chill. And I respect that. That they are going that direction, I respect. So, this is the fanfic. Uh, how'd you choose this one? I was looking for a good Beast Wars fanfic. I think I got this one originally off of the TV Tropes Beast Wars uh, fanfic recommendation page. Hmm. But it seemed relatively old, like a reasonable length, like reasonable writing. Um, I've been burned before by stuff like that, but I think it worked out a little better this time. Mm. 
And, uh, yeah, th that's pretty much it. Like, I'm not part of the Beast Wars fandom. Like I said, I watched an episode, and I occasionally traverse the Transformers wiki because it's entertaining as a medium in its own right. <laughs> uh, but that's really it. The problem with that is that the Beast Wars is generally isn't uh, reference or recognize too much within the Transformers community. No, I had no idea until I picked up this fanfiction that it was a Transformers spinoff. I mean, if what? I put two wait, 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 together, wait, 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 what? Really? Well, I, I, I probably hadn't seen much of Transformers as a kid. I'd seen more of Beast Wars and just never really made the connection. Maybe they did make it wow. explicit and I have forgotten. It well, really was, I was branded quite, separately, I was wasn't quite it? quite young. Well, yeah, yes, yeah. very much. They had Teletron 1 in the later seasons, so that was pretty explicit. I, Optimus that's Prime fair, but I probably didn't remember that as a Transformers They, they had Optimus Prime there. <laughs> okay, well, maybe I've forgotten that that happened. And they, uh, and they played with the time-space continuity by shooting anyway, him in the head. I totally forgot is my main point. <laughs> okay. So the fan fiction, because we should probably jump into that just so we can go home at a reasonable hour, right? <laughs> uh, it's um, it, it's completed. It's on fanfiction.net. And we may as well get into the content a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, but begin with, Dom, you didn't finish the fanfic, right? I, I was skimming. I was dealing with some technical issues. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts off, we start with the Maximals. They're going off on a nature walk, basically, like... Optimus is like, we need to get out there and maybe learn something about these animals that we've taken the forms of. Mm -hmm. um, well, at first they were a bit vague. They were like, we need to learn something about the um, the natives here. I was, I was like, are they talking about the humans here? Or Are there humans there? No, it's pre-human, isn't yeah. it? There are humans in the series. That's crazy. Oh, man. Y'all yeah, need to get educated. I, <laughs> I forgot. I've forgotten so much. Okay, I am going to rewatch Beast Wars, I swear. So okay. then we won't have these problems. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll re-record the episode after I watch it. I thought the same thing at that part, though. I was like, are there humans around at this point? But no, he, Optimus Prime basically, Optimus Primal, basically means the animals. And to mm -hmm. be completely honest, I had forgotten whether it was humans or not there also. But yeah. th then I reread re on the uh, TV tropes and the wikis. Now, Dinobot is the... Yeah. To sound smarter than me. Definitely. <laughs> mm -hmm. Dinobot is the pissiest about this, because he's like, well, we should be doing useful things like... Training and hitting things with swords. Which is in character. Uh, yeah. yeah he's old, he's cranky. It's whatever. in character, and it's also setting up that Dinobot's going to be very central in this fanfic. Dinobot and Optimus are, like, the two, you know, main characters. Like, dynamics-wise, uh, it fit Dinobot, because Dinobot is, like, the, the wharf of this series. Right. Worried about their honor. Yes. <laughs> and they do explain that as a part of his program later on, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the title, Basic Program, is referring to kind of... A few things, but also, like, one of them is kind of discussion about what the baseline maximal as opposed to Predacon-like programs entail. It's a very nice, like, kind of delving into the nature of the beast. So oh. Mm. Ooh, thematic. Speaking of which, Optimus Prime runs into a group of gorillas. They don't see any other animals, but, primal. like... Optimus Primal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm uh, programmed okay. I think we'll to keep with our either. theme here. Optimus Primal, who is the one who is a gorilla, not the one who is a truck. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it makes more sense to, you know, turn into a semi-truck than it does... Uh, yeah, Optimus so Primal is smaller, too, at first. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, runs into uh, some gorillas, has, like, a moment of connection with a silverback who's leading this group of gorillas, and it's foreshadowing. Um, beyond that, anything much happen... In that, like, nature walk? Well, you get some flavor there. You get Dinobot talking with Rat Trap. Mm -hmm. Right. There's going to be a lot of Dinobot talking with Rat Trap. And can I just say mm -hmm. that I've been doing a lot of this reading 
having my phone use a read aloud program to me because I drive oh, a no. lot for work. Uh, uh, Rat Trap's accent. Oh <laughs> my god. So in the series, Rat Trap has a heavy like Brooklyn, New York type accent. I don't yeah. think that's accurate, but <laughs> even though it's weird because in the fan fiction he says y'all a lot. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. And so this author chose anyway. to represent that phonetically I mean, in the yes. spelling. So the texted it, speech option I must couldn't have been, comprehend most of what he said. Must have been flipping speech. out. <laughs> it was not okay. It was like y'all can her there the nap. Mm. I was th- like, what? What did you uh, just say? How did you solve that problem? Did you just have to like go back and? I. Guess. You figured out from context or what? what? Well, the read aloud software shows the text on the screen and highlights the sentence it's on. So I, was, I, I, yeah. I had to leave my phone you know, like, uh, the screen bright so that I could just glance and be like, okay, and move on with my life. How do y'all feel about the concept of trying to represent an accent phonetically in, in literature? I think it can be done well, and I think yes. it can be done very poorly. I am still on the fence about this particular representation. I felt like it wasn't entirely accurate to that. I accent. tend to agree. I think that if you want to convey that, it can be useful, mm-hmm. but you kind of... Or like I would pick like a few things to write differently to sure. convey the idea yeah. of it, of rather accent, than like yeah. every word well, yeah, like wrap trap in this. You have to also like wonder like if somebody is coming from that exact accent, they're right. thinking, yeah. why am I reading this so differently? Yeah, yeah. Like, this is how I would pronounce this. So when you write things like ain't and y'all, I think that makes sense. But when you spell it out phonetically, it's like. Everybody pronounces those words differently. It just kind of identifies the author's regional bias yeah. more yeah. than anything. I think a softer touch would have been better. Like, if they yeah. not a nothing or, like, taking the Gs off the ends of words. Sure, Just yeah. to kind of show textual flavor rather than going full incomprehensible. I agree. Rat Trap uh, yeah. was a little difficult to read sometimes in this. Yeah. Which and, might... Oh, go on. Yeah, I was reading some um, uh, fan translations of manga, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I got so pissed at one point, I had to stop. Where this character in the manga has a regional dialect mm-hmm. right so oh, so in japanese yeah. it's a um, different word word choices sure, not so much sure. a, a pronunciation and this translator chose to represent that as by, uh, by writing all their dialogue in um scottish accented english i hate it when i do that okay. i i hate it when like you know an okinawan kind of dialect is represented as like southern like well, you, just, well often you get a kanto um, kyoto stuff represented as southern. okay kyoto that's what i yeah. thought yeah I, sorry that's what i meant i was forgetting it just it's not a regional parallel like you just i don't understand why that occurs because they're trying to like seek yeah. out a way to represent difference but it represents so much more culturally yeah that it does it's, it's it doesn't make sense the fun thing was like the next chapter was preceded with a rant explaining about how the the dialect that, that the character is speaking was different, so it deserved to be represented differently. But then it sort of implies sure, that there's a... I mean, long story short, it's cultural appropriation. You're saying this equals this. Yes. This reminds me of my favorite translation thing in, in my life. Um, I went to see a new... Uh, oh, man. I'm... I'm blanking already. A new no play, okay? And they, you don't get a whole lot of those because no is a very traditional form. Yeah. But in the program, someone had translated it completely into English, this play. 
And they had a note at the beginning, and they said, yeah, you know, this no, no is very stylized, yeah. like, way of writing, and, like, I wanted to try to get that across. So I translated it entirely into Shakespearean iambic pentameter. Um, uh, no. Oh, I thought no, it was it was so like, entertaining to read. Also, isn't <laughs> no kind of based on, like, am I wrong, but isn't it more based on, like, kind of like an earthiness? Or like a down uh, earth I don't know about idea. no. I don't know. Maybe Kyogen's no. Kyogen's a little bit earthier than okay. no. Okay. I don't know. But, I don't remember for sure. But, like but that, I just like it doesn't. It's not a direct but parallel. That, why that idea of translation that? is why I was never able to finish the uh, re-release of Tactics Advanced. Oh yeah, the very Shakespearean they had a nice, one. Yeah, they had a nice P- PSP a uh, new new CGI everything, but just all overly flowery, flower flowery, mm-hmm. very over flowery Shakespearean translation everything i was just i checked out of it immediately okay see i would check out of that yeah. unless it was also completely an iambic pentameter in <laughs> yeah. which case i would be way into it i mean it's great if it's all an iambic pentameter but like shakespeare did that for a reason that was like you know an artistic and stylistic choice not necessarily something everyone should emulate as if it's a mode of fashion like it was one author's decision i was just very strange also, right. it's a different language than it yeah. was then <laughs> yeah i mean and shakespeare didn't write in any like weird way he just like he wrote an ambient pentameter yeah. but he wrote the way people spoke so. anyways so the fanfic because we're still on chapter one the <laughs> second get through that the second half of chapter one we switch over to the predacons of course and we get a little bit of exposition between, like, Scorpinok, Scorpinok... You got it. ...and Black Arachnia <laughs> over the importance of having Energon and, mm. you know, to to power things and kill Maximals. And they kept in the tarantulas, or <laughs> the tarantula guy saying witch all the time, mm-hmm. which yeah. wasn't a fun thing. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there's news, because what's his name? Uh, one of the teams, like, Scorpinok's team, I guess, comes back and... It wasn't Scorpionog, it was Tarantulas and Black Arachnia talking before. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Scorpionog's team has come back with stabilized Energon, mm-hmm. which is not mm-hmm. something you normally find on the planet in Beast Wars. Usually they have to, like, refine it, right, or something mm-hmm. to be usable. Uh, but The reason why they have Beast Forms in the first place is because the whole planet is seeded with unstable Energon, mm-hmm. and they can't survive in their robot forms uh, without changing into Beast Forms. Right. And so it's a big deal that Scorpionok comes back, not just with a stable Energon crystal, but, like, saying, uh, yeah, it's, like, all over the place over at this river, like, up that yeah. way. And Megatron is very excited about this. Yes. Yes. Is that something? Yeah, you're good. close? Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little deeper, but you got it. Megatron. Uh, let me try to read some Megatron. Excellent. Yes, Megatron said, grabbing the crystal off the scanner and holding it up for all the Predacons to see. A shore of stable Energon just clicks from my grasp. Instruments of destruction, the key to the defeat of the Maximals and our conquest of Cybertron. And that kind of thing. You should be a voice actor, Amal. <laughs> um, well, you know, this is just my stepping point for fame and fortune. <laughs> this is going to be clearly one of the most popular podcasts on the web any, any day knows? now. By the time um, our fan base is listening to this episode, it might already be... Very famous and it, popular. In that case, I'd say you should stop listening to these older ones and listen to the modern ones that sound better. Yeah. <laughs> sound quality Take our advice. <laughs> Millions of fans. Ones. Anyway, Megatron deploys the rest of the uh, Predacons to go, like, go get more awesome crystals. Meanwhile, Megatron says, someone has to test the crystal, does he not? And I have just the target. Yes. You get into it, yeah. Uh, I'm getting yeah. into it. So Megatron basically hooks up this stable Energon crystal to his, uh, what do you call it, T-Rex head-shaped blaster. 
That's pretty much it. Yeah, the Rex Cannon. <laughs> Rex Cannon. Rex Cannon. Yeah. They, they start saying that a lot towards the end of this fanfic. I should have remembered. By the way, there's some fun incidental stuff, like people walking on Megatron, and he's like brushing the teeth of the head cannon in robot form. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megatron goes and challenges Dinobot to the Predacon challenge. And this is all bullshit made up by the author. This is all bullshit. Well, yeah, it, it's new. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, with some formal language and stuff. And Dinobot's like, oh, yes, the Predacon challenge. That is a super honorable thing that I absolutely need to ex- accept. And everybody else thinks he's crazy because it's Megatron, and Megatron is 150% going to cheat in any yeah. kind of, like, honorable yeah. dual absolutely. situation. They're like, think about this. He could have challenged you at any point and chose this moment. There's a reason for it. <laughs> right, but Dinobot, Dinobot's like, ah, honor, ah. Honor. Which is, okay. <laughs> you mean mine wasn't an accurate Dinobot voice there? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and so you know, refuses to listen to every other Maximal saying like, "That's a terrible idea. Don't do it." Um, and they find a dual site, and they go and and they prepare to duel. Duel. Yes. So they draw their cards, and there could be a Transformers Yu-Gi-Oh crossover, right? Um. You can throw anything in Yu-Gi-Oh. It just comes out of the cards. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the heart of the cards. I, I think if we read fanfiction for long enough, we might come across one. Well, there's also later Transformer the forms of Primal and Megatron where they turn into dragons. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, in the lead-up to the duel, we get our first lots of talk about Predacon culture from the perspective of Dinobot. And Dinobot's got some interesting stances on this. For one thing, he maintains that uh, Predacon history has been, like, written by the victors being the Maximals, and a lot of it yeah. is kind of, like, obscured or is attempted to be buried, which seems fair. Which is kind of in tone for for the show, because <laughs> in the show, it was um, based off the future of the Transformers series where the Autobots had defeated the Decepticons, and so they were kind of portrayed historically as the better better people, um, even down to their... To their um, um, what do you call people that descend from... <laughs> descendants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even uh, coming from their descendants, the, the uh, uh, Maximals and the Predacons, that they were kind of... Predacons were starting off at, from a disadvantaged footing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. sort of a post-World War II Germany idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, that being said, he doesn't have... He doesn't exactly glamorize Predacons either. Um, like, Optimus is trying to say, oh, so you're doing this because Predacons are all about honor, right? And, like, you got to be all honorific... Mm-hmm. Um, that's totally <laughs> the right term. But Dinobot kind of refutes that too. Dinobot says, Your description of the Predacon program is fa- flawed, Optimus Primal, for as time passed, our program deviated from its original matrix. Were Cybertron a model utopia, we Predacons would still be the honorable warriors you imagine us to be. But just as the Decepticons fell from grace, so did the Predacons. Dinobot grinned darkly and shook his head. When we return to Cybertron, I will have to rewrite the history track you downloaded. It is critically flawed. There's like a line later where like Megatron's trying to call a truce of the Optimus Primal. Primal's like, uh, what the fuck's up? You guys only call truce when you want to like reload your weapons. And Megatron's like, normally, that's completely fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> normally, you're, you're totally right. And so people are having a lot of trouble kind of figuring out where Dinobot's coming from. It's like, so wait, what? so why are you accepting the challenge? Yeah, like, the are you player. saying you're honorable warriors or not? And the other element here is that what turned, what kind of seemed to solidify Dinobot into saying, like, oh, it's on, is Megatron name-dropping someone named Valnatron. 
And we don't find out anything about that until the last chapter of the fanfic. So don't hold your breath. And Valentron is an OC. Valentron is an yeah. OC. Do not steal. <laughs> I don't think anyone did. Don't worry. So yeah, and that was interesting too, because I don't know if it was in this chapter or the next chapter where they talked about um, history tracks and like them potentially being flawed, but history is written by the victor, essentially. I thought that was an interesting piece they put in because there was also a contention of like, why possibly rewrite history? Like, uh, we robots don't do that. Like, humans might do that. And there was another justification for it, which is like, basically robots are flawed too, and they're flawed beings with like human like ideologies. And a big long explanation of that, I think, in chapter two or three. So that was really interesting. And this fits within the characterizations for Megatron and Dinobot's mm-hmm. relationship. Like in the first mm-hmm. episode, um, Megatron's about to destroy the Maximal ship. And like mm-hmm. he's like, no, let's uh, let's play with them instead. And Dinobot's like, um, we should kill them while we have the chance. Mm-hmm. And Megatron's like, no, no, let's fuck with them. <laughs> and, that, and that's why it got them both crash-landed on the planet in the first place. Which is really funny, because... Megatron's supposed to be a very threatening sort of villain, but honestly, he just seems so childish so often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just, you don't really realize it until you take it in that, like, third-person perspective and look at it, but... Well, yeah, most of that stuff was Chapter 2. The The duel starts, and mm-hmm. Chapter 3, like, they're, they're keeping it up. Meanwhile, the Predacons are off. We'll get back to the, pred- the rest of the Predacons. Mm-hmm. With the duel, you know... Almost immediately, Megatron pulls out his, like, super-powered blaster. And that is apparently against the rules because there's rules against using stable Enetron to super-power a blaster yeah. like this because it releases harmful waves to, like, everybody. I don't think it'd be, like, an Airbud situation where it's, like, if it's not in the rule book, it's not, not illegal. You would <laughs> think, but it's a little unclear. Like, Dinobot doesn't seem particularly concerned about it. It's bad form. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what Dinobot is much more concerned about is Cheetor intervening and saving his life from being, you know, blasted into uh, whatever whatever Beast Wars era Transformers say. Blasted into... Slag. Slag. Oh, slag. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Blasted mm-hmm. into slag. Um, but, you know, Cheetor dives in when it seems like Megatron's cheating, saves, saves Dinobot. Dinobot is upset about it, mm-hmm. like you'd expect. Anything else about this? Megatron kind of has to flee because the Maximals kind of drive him off. They've, yeah. Along with Rat Trap's accent, they've kept a lot of the um, verbal tics from some of the other characters. Yeah, they were very uh, attentive to that, it seemed like. Yeah, they, they added some tilde marks in a Dinobot speech, which I interpreted as like the snarling trills he does. Mm. Oh, I, I didn't get that, but that's really cool. And uh, they kept some Cheetor doing random cat noises. Yeah, uh, I just noticed a uh, random tilde for yeah. Cheetor, too. So maybe that is the intent. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of tildes. So. <laughs> More tildes than I've any fanfic we've reviewed before. Say the word tilde, say the word for tilde so many times. In the intro, they do. The, the author does make a specific shout out to the voice actors. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. It's one of the things they think. Yeah. Um, Which was yeah, it was really cool because I do feel like they deserve the appreciation. Yeah. Like, they don't get that much... Voice actors don't get that much, like, direct shadow and love. It's always, like, the creators and the animators. Which, yeah, they put a lot of work in, but the voice actors do a lot, too. I mean, especially when when they're doing a work like this, which is just a cheesy CGI to sell toys. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, the voice actors probably do, like, the most, like, sincere work. I'm not gonna, like, (laughs) say that maybe 
shouldn't say that, but it seems like it. Yeah. The most sincere work. It'll be visited by the great pumpkin. Uh, the, the writers later got some good stuff going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that animators did, did what they could with the technology at the time, which included some nice stuff and some not as nice stuff. All right, we gotta hurry along. Yes. The Predacons go towards the source of the energy, and it's kind of like a big waterfall. It's just slabs of multicolored energon, like Energon Beach. It's an insane amount of energon. And we get our first hint of kind of the main plot. Terrorosaur has like a memory glitch when investigating, and it's like, what are we doing here again? They're like, uh, we're looking for the enormous source yeah. of energon crystals that are right there. And Terrorosaur's like, oh, yeah, that's a very strange thing to forget. Yeah. Um, and then, just to cut to the chase, Scorponok attempts to assassinate Inferno. Yeah. Um, Waspinator's kind of pulled along for the ride because Waspinator has bad days all the time. Yeah. And what ends up happening is that Terrorosaur ends up getting dunked in the Energon River. um, Right. Which is going to be important later. Is there a reason that Inferno says, yes, my queen, and responding to Megatron? Yes. Um, my queen. Yeah. Inferno was one of the protoforms that, that got that were floating in orbit and crash-landed. Crash mm-hmm. And there were some problems in the activation of that protoform. Mm. So it reverted a lot to its instinctual beast um Oh, so Megatron is like the queen yeah. of the So Inferno is very much an ant. Ah, hmm. uh, okay. And Inferno so much more sense. Uh, rationalizes everything in terms of being an ant. I was just thinking, like, yes, queen. <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> yes, queen. Oh, I forgot a plot point, because Pterosaur <laughs> ends up dumped in the Energon River, but also in the fight against Megatron, Optimus was hit by, like, energy backlash or whatever. Uh, I I forget the blow-by-blow. Blow. But in both cases, it messed with their memory a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And so Optimus runs off and joins a band of gorillas in the mist. Because uh, he thinks he's straight up a gorilla, which right. is dope. Which is like a, I feel like he had a really great spiritual time there. Oh, yeah. Which is like a plot of a few different episodes, but moving that, leaving yeah. that aside. <laughs> and um, Terrorosaur wakes and up and he, has... He really wants to be a gorilla. Like, we established that towards the end, too. That yeah. He thinks it's more peaceful. Anyway, go on. Pterosaur has a memory glitch, which is all very specific, related mm-hmm. to some specific plot in an episode where he was going to betray the yes. other... Dis- I was going to say Decepticons. So funny. Well, the at, other Predacons, Predacons with Dinobot. Yeah. At some point, like, literally every Predacon tries to betray everybody else at some point. Yeah. 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 Which is weird, because they're supposedly programmatically bound to this code of, code of honor. Well, the, the modern... Yeah. Whatever it is, the modern Predacon co- code is um, if you... If you're treacherous, then be good at it. The worst mm, thing isn't mm. being treacherous, it's failing at being treacherous. So you're saying that the entire uh, cast of Beast Wars are very bad Predacons, because they're all very bad at betraying each other. Well, the ironic thing is, at one point, uh, Rhinox got, got uh, like infected by some sort of virus to like disable his morals and turn him into a Predacon. Okay. And Maxwell's hmm. were freaking out. They're like, oh no, what the fuck are we going to do? <laughs> they, they have Rhinox. And Optimus Primal, who's known Rhinox the longest, said... That's exactly what we're, what we're going to do. We're going to do nothing. We're just going to sit back and wait. Because it turns out Rhinox, without their uh, morality programming, is super devious and really good at it. And it takes them like, uh, less than an episode to like dismantle the Predacon hierarchy and make a move on Megatron that's Oh successful. my god, that's insane. <laughs> to the point where like, they toss him out at the end and then they just pick him up and recover him afterwards. It's really funny though that to think like there's this dichotomy that without your quote-unquote morality programming you would be a Predacon. When Predacons actually seem to have their own morality code as well. Well, the thing is, Rhinox but... had, had a, um, a, a rough past. 
Yeah. So they, yes. they've since moved on and become more mature since then, and that was basically just a re- a reverting them back to that old, unfinished. So this is the nuance of Beast Wars, like, yeah. so I want to take up the series again. It's, it's a very interesting, like, kind of, ironically, sociological study, even though these are all supposed to be robots, obviously they're very human representative. And, like, all the really fun robot violence, too, because, like, mm-hmm. because they're just robots... You know, they can st- get stabbed through the chest with the sword over and over again. Or the throat, or the heart. It's the Ninja or, Turtles thing yeah. where, like... Are pulled apart. Yes. Foot soldiers could get dismantled by swords, which is their main purpose. Which is weird because they're humans. But no, anyway. No, no. In the original Turtles cartoon, they, they were, were robots. robots. Yeah. Oh, right. I yeah. forgot about that. There's, like, this terrifying part where, like, Optimus Primal gets a, a like, a fly bug on him that, like, makes him aggressive and evil. Yes. And he's, like, tearing apart the, the Predacon base. The, the, the just terrifying scene of, like, Waspinator sitting by a wall, and then all of a sudden, like, Optimus Primal's hand coming through the wall and, like, grabbing him and, like, tearing him apart. God. Yeah, they really could tear those <laughs> robots apart. We're supposed to think of them as human analogs, and yet they get torn apart physically. Yeah, the Predacons have a, have a bath, and, like, the Maximals have a vat that they... You just throw all the parts in, and they come back together. Yeah, okay, yeah they do, yeah. So what we were saying is that... Um, Pterosaur flashes back with when his memory is messed with to one of the times he intended to betray the Decepticons with uh, with Dinobot. And so seeing when he wakes up and like the the Maximals have found is that the word Maximals? Am I blanking? Yeah, that's yeah. the Maximals have found him and he sees Dinobot with him. And he's like, Oh, Dinobots with the Maximals, I must also have betrayed yeah. the Decepticons. Well, it, uh, the Predacons and joined the Maximals. What it was is that Pterosaur and Dinobot had and initially planned on infiltrating the Maximals before Dinobot switched sides and became a Maximal. Mm-hmm. So Pterosaur remembers the plan to infiltrate the Maximals, but he doesn't remember that it was just a plan and a strategy. Uh. He thinks that he was he was supposed to go back and help Dinobot take over the Predacons. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it was Dinobot, take over the Predacons. But he remembers take over the Predacons as take over the Max... Or, Take over the, or join the Predacons, I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, it's a very convoluted explanation the author has, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. The point is, Pterosaur thinks he's yeah. an, a, a Maximal, a maximal right now, he, and he would everyone never, else kind of He never of had intended it. to become a Maximal, but there was one point where he was supposed to infiltrate them, and now he thinks that he is supposed to be a Maximal. That's the yeah. Which isn't so far out of the question, because the actual difference between the Maximal and Predacon programming seems... Superficial mm-hmm. at best. Yes, I'm sure that's part much. of the point. Well, that's why Dinobot <laughs> is able to be a maximal, right? Well, like... at one point, Dinobot tries to um, defect back, and mm-hmm. one of the things he does as a sign of loyalty is changes activation code from maximize to terrorize. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Th- like it's noted that that someone says like that doesn't prove anything. Your activation code doesn't say anything mm-hmm. about, about your intentions. And so Terrorsaur is able to tell them where the Predacons are getting the energon. And um, Rat Trap is in charge, of course, because Optimus is off having a much better time than everybody else with the gorillas. <laughs> I must say, it's so hilarious to see Rat Trap as a leader with that, like, heavily accented writing of his speech. It's like, ugh. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't gel. Rat Trap's a fun leader, though. Okay. I like that kind of secondary leader story where it's like really someone that. who's not bad or ill-suited. They're just mm-hmm. not like the, you know full of confidence, heroic leader person. He just person. doesn't want to be the leader, no, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, he's competent at it. He just yeah. really doesn't like doing it. He likes complaining better than actually being in yes. charge. <laughs> I get exactly. that. That's... Yeah, same. Yeah. I totally get that. So they head off towards the Energon source, 
Um, and let's see, what what's the event, Tori, that ends up giving Optimus this, like, info dump of memories? Oh, it what was, happens that does that? It was contact with the Energon crystals, but I don't remember. It was, the like, energy from event. the Energon crystals. Yeah, he somehow came in contact with it, because that's what's been consistently messing with the programs is their contact with them. Yeah, we have some time where Optimus is hanging out with the gorillas. Silverback mm-hmm. is the leader, uh, you know, a silverback called Silverback. Um, the other the other gorillas don't necessarily trust Optimus very much, which makes Optimus sad because Optimus, uh, Optimus's skin is oddly cold and Optimus is clearly yeah. not actually a gorilla. He's very much a robot, but he doesn't realize that he's a robot, so... <laughs> So he gets to have some gorilla sads over that. Mm-hmm. But the leader trusts him, and they have bonding moments. And so does one of the young gorillas who, you know, Optimus gets to hang out with a little bit. And he seems very peaceful in this existence. You kind of get to see another side to him, that when he thinks he's a gorilla, he's, you know, very aware of their social structure. He is very sensitive to, like, this female gorilla who's the older sister of this young gorilla. He kind of, like, wants to play with this younger gorilla a little bit, but doesn't really do it because... The older sister is so protective. It's it's a nice thing to like kind of see this like personal gorilla hierarchy that he can interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's follow through on that plot thread, I guess, because something mm-hmm. ends up happening later. It's some other release of energy from the Energon that gives Optimus a big info dump about well, the. A- oh, do you want to back up was, a little bit? I just want to back up a little bit to the fact that Silverback, the old gorilla. Mm-hmm. Seems to like when he discovers optimal, optimal, optim, optimus primal. <laughs> oh my god! Optimal rough, primus. <laughs> optimal primus drags him up to the top of this mountain and unleashes this energy on him. I want to make that clear. And so he gets this info dump. Uh, oh, that is what happens. Yeah. And the info dump is about those aliens um, who like are behind the whole planet. The VOK. The Vox. The Vox. The Vox. It's, right. it's all okay. capitalized. So, mm-hmm. why is it all capitalized? Because <laughs> they're, they're that important. Okay. The Bok. These are the aliens that the that seeded the planet with Enertron. 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 Man, this is a bad episode for elocution. I know. <laughs> it's so much. Isn't it? Jargon and jargon. Jargon. Oh, my God. Uh, Maybe we should all just stop talking right now. Uh, uh. Jargon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jargon's not a very transformery name, though. Uh, it's transformer enough. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but they had seeded the planet with Energon, and it's revealed later in like seasons two and season three that their main purpose was trying to um, guide and mold the evolution of humanity. Yes. Right. And, and it says in this fanfic that they, um, well, actually, Silverback reveals. Yeah. I think the whole thing about the Vok. Hmm. Silverback is an uplifted gorilla um, yes. set in place by the Valk. Apparently, there's like one for each animal species. And so he has complete, like, scientific, maybe not complete, but he has advanced scientific knowledge. He and is knowledge better of educated than Optimus, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, he has all this scientific knowledge. He thought that Optimus had to do with the Valk because he, like, sensed Valk energy he around him. He thought he was a Valk. But apparently, that was yes. just because of some previous, like, interaction incident with. Fox energies uh, earlier. Yeah, depending yeah. on when this took place continuity-wise, there was right. a lot of interference. In it. And right. And so Silverback's kind of disappointed about that, but it's like, oh, okay, well, you're a cool dude anyway. He thought he was a chosen one. He thought he was a Vok, and that he was, had come to, like, I don't know, do something to, like, elevate or save, not save, <laughs> but they're not under threat, but, like, elevate their species, but he wasn't. 
he just had that sense because he'd had a previous interaction with Havok. Yeah. Um, and they, they share some information about what's going on. And cutting back to other plot points, I'm skipping over a bit of stuff with the uh, Maximals, but, you know, whatever. That's fine. They, I, there's a lot of interpersonal stuff at this point. Yes, and the dialogue usually seems to be pretty spot on. Like, the author is exploring a lot of relationships mm-hmm. and, like... Yes. People um, people have distinct personalities, unlike some fanfics that I have read in my life. Yeah. Right. Um, Very distinct. Ogonoma. No, no, yeah, it's just not badly done. Yeah, it's very well done. There's a couple, like, subplots around Cheater, like, wanting to connect with Dinobot, because <laughs> Dinobot is, like, an old, like, warrior, and yeah. it's kind of revealed later that he, like, gave him this, his training as a berserker, because mm-hmm. the author thinks that based on an episode where Cheater becomes stronger due to his rage, he's kind of a berserker figure, and that Dinobot is also the same. Yeah. So there's, like, a relationship that Cheater wants to have with him, and Cheater is very young, and there's relationships between some of the other characters, like Black Arachnia actually has a weird, like, I don't know, femme fatale-style romance going on with Cheater, mm-hmm. and there's um, yeah, because Air Razor. Who is Air Razor, like, getting closer to? Or, uh, like, Tigron. Tigatron. Tigatron. Tigatron and Airways are kind of like have a thing. So well, anyway. Or a canon couple in the series. Yeah. Yeah. And but so there's stuff going on with all that. But in the main plot, they head towards the Energon source. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we got to check that out. We got to stop the, the Predacons from exploiting this. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, is this a trap? Very possibly. It, it doesn't seem to be exactly a trap because Terrorosaur was not deliberately leading them. But nevertheless, they walk right, right. into the ambush. And Pterosaur just actually, with his fragmented memory, remembers where, like, the Energon is. Right. So he leads them there without realizing that the Predacons are there, lying in wait. So Yeah. And so... They're not lying in wait. But that no, they, they are. They're, like, they walk they into are? an ambush. Oh, but, yeah. But, you know, they're, right. also not, right. they're also not unaware, so it's not like they're caught completely off guard. And what it ends up becoming is, yeah. like... Four chapters worth of an extended yes. combat. Combat, which it's, was nuts. It's four nuts. chapters. It's crazy. Yes, it's like four all chapters. of chapters, what, like 10, 11, 12, 13 or something? Yeah, pretty much. It was a lot. Like, I was, like, listening to it in my car, like, it was just back and forth. Like, he hit him, and he hit him, and she hit her, and they hit him, and blah, 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 What blah, it blah, reads blah, like. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay, anyway. I was much happier with it when I thought about it this way. I was like, this reads like a Beast Wars fighting game. Mm. Like, like I'm reading a description of, like, people, you know, playing a Beast Wars fighting game, like, there's cool throws and, like, cool strikes and, like, special moves and, like, like reading character a, a switches. Like, well, disc- a description yeah. of, like, the top eight finals or something. Yeah, and then, I mean, it's not entirely like that. Yeah. There's, there's stuff that would not happen in a fighting game, but a lot of the time, that's how it feels. It wasn't super uninteresting. Yeah. It just wasn't super interesting. But I liked because there are a couple of personal snapbacks in the fight. Like, a Swint Cheater and Black Arachnia have their, like, fraught, like, oh, yeah. sexual tension-filled interaction, which is really bizarre because they're robots, and when, even when they transform into beasts, they're a fucking spider and a cheetah. But, okay, whatever. Well, but, here, here's the other thing, is that uh, when I th- started thinking about it that way, I started liking this fanfic a lot. Because you know how... <laughs> For fighting games these days, there will often be a media tie-in that kind of, like, expands on or justifies the scenario. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is like that for a fictional Beast Wars fighting game. Because it's the perfect setup. You choose your character. Mm-hmm. Everybody else on your side has been exposed to the Leith Water Energon and has forgotten themselves. And you have to go beat oh. them up to bring them back to their senses. It's the injustice story mode. Of... Exactly. Yeah. While, the opposite, while the opposite side, like the Predacons if you're playing a Maximal, they yeah, are trying yeah, yeah. to, like, fight you to stop you. 
Right. And, so, then yeah, Mim- and then the final boss, no matter what, is uh, Megatron. Because Megatron. We're going to get because, that in a moment. Yes. <laughs> and so that just made me very happy to make that imaginary scenario in my mind. Yeah, I also did like how the, the characters were inside their heads during the fight, a little, like, Dinobot and his honor and, um, Me- uh, sorry, not Meg, uh, Rat, fighting Megatron, Megatron and his powerless, and Rat Trap and his, like, dang, I just don't want to be doing any of this, but anyway, I gotta do it. So, like, they kind of got a little glimpse in there. I was gonna say, like, cool. Dinobot and Worf should get together, but the more and more I think about it, I think they're the same character. Like, well, yeah. they would just translate it as being the exact same, like, Try to bring one to the other universe. They just change into yeah. the character. <laughs> I mean, I think that's real. <laughs> How often does Dinobot totally job to show that something's a big threat? Dinobot. Enough. Enough. Yeah. It yeah. might be like an older version of Worf though. Like Worf is like super like stoic for his age. Like even the the Klingons always make fun of him, especially in DS Nine. Yeah. <laughs> for being like so stoic, they're like, "Don't you ever laugh?" Like Klingons are always laughing. He's yeah, because like, like Worf but, is a young upstart more. Yeah. Right. But because he is young, but Dinobot's just like old. He's like old guard, yeah. So he has like more of a justification for being so serious, I think, like socially. But anyway, yeah, he's a warrior that's actually lived longer than a warrior is supposed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he trained Megatron, and at least there in this was a lot of drama. Is that canon? That. I don't even know. I don't know either. Actually. I don't know if he, they trained Megatron, and I think. It's um, canon in this. It's not can in this fan fiction. He trained Megatron as well. I didn't read a lot of the Beast Wars expanded universe. I think I read the comic where they got the golden disc in the first place. Mm-hmm. I, I think Dinobot was recruited by by Megatron. Yeah. Well, they say he trained him as a warrior in this. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's unclear. Well, in this fight, which is extended, the main points are. Optimus off in Gorilla Land like sees the energy reactions like, well, I gotta go save my friends. Uh, are you coming yeah. with Silverback? And Silverback's like, no, because I, plan. like, my province is protecting the planet, and you're all a bunch of aliens mm-hmm. getting into a slugfest, mm-hmm. and like, I like you, but I'm not gonna do that. But yeah. he was empowered by a bunch of aliens in the first place. Yes, to protect the planet. <laughs> yeah, okay. because the the planet is the aliens' project. Oh yeah. Right. So they're all like kind of like gods, like they're creators. So it's Silver not like any is... alien can come in here and get all up in that yeah. shit. It's like these aliens created us. We have loyalty. To them. Yeah, so Silverback's like, I gotta stay with my tribe, but you go. And I'll be a secret character that is unlockable in the fighting game. <laughs> um, so Optimus shows up eventually in the fight. Mm. And the other main thing is that Megatron... Megatron... Oh, okay, well, okay, before that. Pterosaur, um, Scorponok reboots Pterosaur at some point in the fight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, you've got memory files. They're, they're just, like, inaccessible. They're not deleted. Yeah. Yeah. And restores them. Yeah, there was, like, a, a forced update in the Pterosaur, and they just had to recover some files. <laughs> <they're good>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is that Megatron is just kind of ignoring the whole fight and powering up on refined Megatron. Yeah. Uh, on on, on refined Energon. He's like, ah, oh, I'm the new Galvatron. Which I thought made you like super loopy and like drunk or well, maybe like, it does because high. he's pretty high. In right, this fight. but like not like oh, it's a weird, maybe it's different for everybody. But it was funny because like wh- who was it that did a lot of it? Scorp no Pterosaur. Ter- did, did a lot it? of what? Scorpionox. Somebody did a lot of it and got like popped up of on Energon. Mm-hmm. One of the Predacons. They acted more drunk and they like kind of blacked out. 
Whereas, like, Megatron's more, like, on the amphetamines and coke. Like, I'm the king of the world! I can do anything! I'm gonna rule this all black. To be fair, that's, that's Megatron anyways. I know yeah. it is, but, like, he's, like, even, like, I'm gonna betray all the Predacons. I'm gonna, like, literally, like, destroy everything. He was, like, definitely, like, on a lot of, like, uppers. Some shit. Yeah, Megatron is... I don't like coke, maybe. <laughs> Megatron is definitely dude was like paranoid and delusional. Yeah, and he's like, I am like unto a god. I'm just gonna blow everybody up because mm-hmm. that's gonna make me happy in this moment. Which mm-hmm. Megatron doesn't canonically become a god until the end of Beast Wars and into Beast <laughs> Machines. Yeah, right. Which he's, we don't talk about. He's like up on an yeah. Energon mountain doing all this stuff. And so <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to like imagine like, what what drugs actually do that. You guys like uppers for sure, amphetamines. And which drugs Something actually else. give you godlike blasting powers? Uh, I um, want to know for research. Psychotropics? Ketamine? <laughs> um, Ayahuasca? So, the point is, the Maximals are like, oh, well, we've all got to team up to stop him because he's gone super crazy. And for the most part, the Predacons consider this. <laughs> but as far as they're going to go is like, no, we're going to peace out. Like... That seems like the best plan here. But which for, for Predacons, it's a win-win. Like either like mm-hmm. right. Either Megatron destroys the Maximals is a win, or the Maximals destroy Megatron, and that's a win. Yeah. yeah. So they have no dog in the fight. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the Ant one, um, Inferno. Yeah. I think yeah. Inferno helps them a little bit because Infer- in Inferno's mind, it's like, well, I serve the Queen and the Hive, but yes. the Queen is crazy yes. and can destroy the Hive. So yeah. like, uh, I was interesting how much. Um, the Predacons in this moment kind of, like, turned against Megatron to preserve themselves and the other Predacons. It was kind of unexpected, but also, like, it's, like, survival, so it mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, I liked how that kind of shook out. Yeah, and I, and I should say, the Predacons I mean, do join out. in... <laughs> the Predacons do join in with the plan for a moment, so, like, maybe we can overcharge the Energon Crystals and make a feedback thing. And, they, like, they give it a shot, but when it doesn't work, they're... Like, they're not in it for the long term, which is totally fair. Yeah. Um, and eventually, Silverback does show up. It has reached mm-hmm. the point where the forces they are messing with is threatening, like, life on the planet or whatever. And so Silverback comes up. And what can Silverback do? Silverback is a gorilla. Mm-hmm. Well, Silverback can go beat up Megatron, is what Silverback, Silverback can do. is an... A super intelligent, super powerful girl. Hey, also very so, old. Hey, there's no rule saying that... Very the, old, but very powerful. There's no rule saying that a super intelligent gorilla can't participate in this fight. Mm-hmm. That's true. Or play basketball. Exactly. But, <laughs> just like Airbud. <laughs> and so, Silverback really holds his own because, for one thing, Silverback is close in. Silverback's not playing the, the ranged game because Silverback mm-hmm. has no ranged. Mm-hmm. Silverback is getting close up in there and, like, doing guerrilla martial arts or whatever. Well, yeah, he is in bat, Im- imbued with powers from the Valk. So yeah. We so, can assume he's, like, super extra tough and strong and, like, skilled in combat, which is a huge part. You can be very small and, you know, disabled and all that, and if you have the right level of skill... You can accomplish a lot more. Mm-hmm. I'm all, not saying it's always like a literally issue of skill. Like physical strength has a lot to do with it. That's but, mostly about the modifier you have to your dice rolls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he has a huge one. Right. Huge. And basically, Silverback saves the day because in the collateral damage of Megatron trying to fight Silverback, um, he ends up like 
a blast goes up at like this energy on waterfall and the flow gets blocked, which is enough of an opportunity for everybody else to like um, shoot him a bunch, which does Star Trek style science fiction stuff, which is going to like cause an energy on feedback thing. Which also fits in the uh, uh, Beast Wars thing. Yeah. The, the science fiction, the, the shit Abraham stuff. And so basically mm. it's like, okay, well now the energy is all going to blow up shortly mm-hmm. and yes. everyone has to get the heck out of there. Which is, I, I can, off the top of my head, it's like th- three or four episodes that end like that. <laughs> I, I'm not mm. saying it seems like it's out of place in the, well, the no, fiction. I, it, I, it, it seems perfectly fair. Yeah, I think it works as an episode of Beast Wars. Yeah, and Energon is by, has been defined a lot as explosive and, un- and unstable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, and Energon is also defined in a couple other ways in this, and that is that it was placed by the VOK on this planet <laughs> to provide tests. <laughs> the Vok. Sorry. I know, you're, you were doing your automatic laughing. reading program, right? Yes, the automatic reading <laughs> program. I'm so sorry. I, I, but I, it is all capitalized, so what do you expect? Like, anyway. Well, like, if, if we start like a anyway. like a Beast Wars theme, like a rap group, can we call ourselves the VOK? <laughs> Heck yes, we can. Um, I'll be the V. Mm-hmm. You can be the O, and Mod will be the K. All right, anyway. My main point was the Energon Crystals actually activate certain tests in according to what like they said about the Vok that was revealed to Optimus That's Primal. what they were there for. They were right. supposed to like... And some were like evil powers and some were good powers, essentially, if you want to essentially... Oh yeah, that is, set like up, that. that is set up Silverback was saying like yes. a lot of these crystals are there to like enhance various attributes that exactly. the Vok wanted this race to eventually have. But some of them were messed with by a Vok who, like, wasn't with the program, and they're probably going to drive you crazy. Humans. Yes. Um, humans. That, yeah, that, that was a race the Vok. I, I know humans are the race. It's just, that's not <laughs> how they're talking about it. And so, that's right. Megatron know. going, like, super crazy off of his Energon is actually foreshadowed, now that I think about it. Yes. But anyway, everything explodes. Um, Silverback is injured, and, you know, Optimus grabs him and gets out of there. But, of course, he dies because he's... He's a noble, savage, magical yeah, Indian back. who like, <laughs> is there to is there to impart wisdom onto Optimus yeah. and then die. Yep. Magic minority. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Yep. That is straight up the, the minority truth. here is gorillas. Uh, yeah, which is like extra. Like, can we just talk about how extra that is in terms of like how often we get the magical person of color and how uh, it's a fucking gorilla, like. <laughs> I don't think I need to say any more than that. That's we'll just all leave I, that's it there. Okay. All, yeah, yeah, we'll just leave that. That's you all I gotta it. say. Yeah, you, you got it. But yeah. that is 100% uh, Silverback's role in this story. So of course he dies. Um, other stuff, you know, Megatron does not die. The other Predacons are like, is Megatron dead? Who cares? But of course he's not dead. He staggers off, being like, I will have my revenge. Yes. yes. <laughs> but then um, we get some uh, back at home time. Yeah. Yeah, we get some debriefs, like. People yeah. are talking with, um, with, what's his face, Dinobot, and yes. Rat Trap, Rat Trap, who's been bugging Dinobot to, like, explain your thinking about this whole, like, right. uh, challenge this thing. challenge. Everybody has been curious about why I'm not sure we get did this challenge. I didn't get why? a properly satisfying answer, honestly, but you about, do find from out. From Dinobot? From Dinobot about the challenge? It's like... Because uh, he really was, wanted to... This was a weird scene. Yeah. Like, it keeps flashing back and forth between a conversation that um, Optimus and Rattrap are having, and then Dinobot's personal thoughts. And you don't get it from Dinobot, but uh, mm-hmm. Optimus is saying... Uh, wait, is Optimus Rhinox? 
Rhinox, oh, is, Rhinox one of the yeah. things Rhinox says is like, look, what you're not understanding is that, Wyatt. quote, Dinobot doesn't really care what happens to him in the end. As long as he follows his code of honor, he knows he'll earn a warrior's recycling right. and perish in battle, which is pretty much all he's aiming for. Mm-hmm. And but, so Rhinox's thing is like, partially, he just wants a chance to die right. in a like glorious but way. What Rhinox doesn't understand, and something that Optimus does, mm-hmm. that they're starting to allude to a little after that, is Optimus will say, like, he doesn't care about himself, he cares about the person that he left behind. Yes, who and turns then, out... It turns out that Dinobot is thinking about Valnatron, who is... Their lover? Daughter. His daughter. Oh. Is that a thing? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, that's what I mentioned earlier in the episode. I was like, so can they reproduce? I don't know. Well, you could have... Anyway. In the same way that you have... relationship to this person. In the same way that you can have genders, even though that... Yeah. Is an affectation. You can have that relationship. You can have family relationships, even if it's not a biological one, right? If we're going to talk about it... The weirdest thing about that scene for me was when he was like, she's not as beautiful as, like, Black Arachnia. Yeah, I know. But well, she's very pretty character, and holds her own with the uh, air razor. And it was like, who thinks... This is why I thought it was written by a man. I'm not going to lie. Who thinks about their daughter... A man who doesn't have children, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, who thinks about their daughter and thinks her boobs aren't as big as Black... Because let's be realistic. Like, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about beauty. We're talking about, like, sexual appeal. Right. Because we're talking about black arachne and she's a femme fatale. No, so be... saying, to equate beauty and, like, I don't know, that sort of, like, you know, brazen, like, sexuality is a really yeah. strange. And then to put it on your daughter is, like, ten times more bizarre. To be very Just specific, he's not comparing her appearance to black arachnea. But the quote is still super weird. It's uh, super she, weird. She wasn't oh, as, she was beautiful as beautiful as some of the maximal fanbots Cheetor had posters yes. at his quarters. Thank but you. she could hold her own against Black so Arachnia. That, that's actually even worse. Yeah, she could hold her own against Black Arachnia. In terms of this, like, sexualized beauty, because Black Arachnia is a femme fatale. And the posters that Cheetor has, Cheetor's supposed to be, like, a young dude. Yeah. Like, what are the sort of posters he has? Like, let's be realistic. She wasn't as beautiful as, like... Those posters are all sexualized women. Like, yeah. is beauty really in sexuality? And why would you talk about your daughter that way? That that was the reason I was like, this is written by, like, a 19-year-old guy or something. I want to delve... That's, that's the reason I thought. I want to delve way deeper into Transformers' gendered sexuality. So, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, are protoforms sexy, like, being naked? Or are they, <laughs> are they unsexy, like, being a baby? Like, let's try I to hammer know. this out here. I don't want to. <laughs> This has all been very distressing. <laughs> anyway. Well, well, they all have a soul, if that's sexy to you. I don't know. Uh, no, I prefer soulless and hatred. <laughs> In that case, you, you like none of them, I think. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, the that, that's the end of the main plot. There is, and like I said, we, we skimmed over some things. There's also a preview for the follow-up fanfic, which I believe is also completed which is chapter 15 of 15 yeah. on this fanfic you're not posting. But really I didn't read it. that No, I didn't chapter. care. Are we ready to have some final thoughts about the fanfic? Mm. Yeah, def. So traditionally, first we think of anything that we want to complain about, uh, either to that we already did briefly or that hasn't come up yet. And there's one thing that um, I feel like I'm very sensitive to now, which is lack of transitions between scenes. 
and it's not consistent. The author does have transitions, especially early on, but I feel yeah. like later on they got kind of lazy about it. Especially in the last, uh, in chapter 14, when it was back and forth between mm-hmm. Dinobot and like Megatron and Rattrap, that was super confusing. During the fight also, there's a whole lot of mm-hmm. just, the next yes, line is about yes. someone else. It's less confusing than it was in It Was My Youth, because who the sentence is about is more front and center. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, suddenly we're with right. or whatever. It wasn't a, a conversation continued with somebody else also talking. Exactly. Yeah. yeah well, but was, even so, yeah. like, it, it throws me out of things. Yeah, it really threw me out in the, in the last part with the back and forth where my phone was reading me in the car, and I don't think I would have understood if I didn't like stop and go back and read it myself that there was a transition there because I kept thinking they're not all in the same room are they speaking so. of your phone reading to you in the car yeah I uh, before recording you were just talking about how your phone pronounced some of the names oh, yeah could you share that with us uh cheetor is cheater mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and scorpionok was Scorpionoak. Which is one of my favorite because it makes it sound like a friendly Midwestern character. Right? Scorpionoak. Scorpionoak. Oh, don't you know? <laughs> and what was the other one I was just. Oh, yeah. Tigatron. Okay. I didn't know. Actually, this was the funniest one. Is I didn't know for the first couple chapters because I had only had my phone reading to me in the car um, which bot this was. I was like, this is one I just don't remember because it would say Tigatron. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at it. I was like, it's Tigatron. I get it. Wonder, wonder the, one wonderful thing about Tigger Trons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tigger Trons. Oh, and the other one was the Dinobot yeah. one? Oh, Dinobot was pronounced fine, but in the possessive, which happens frequently with my phone, and it happened with our Ava fanfic, is that Asuka would be fine, but then it would be Asuka's. <laughs> um, in the possessive, it was Dinobots. Beautiful. So, it was very lovely. Love I, it. I have fun with that. And then... Uh, other than how your phone pronounced things, is there anything that this fanfic did okay. not click with you with? I mean... That was I, a weird way I phrased that. I hate to be this way, well, but... They use the word click This is actually another thing in my phone's pronunciation, but it's not actually my phone's fault. It's that my phone made me more aware of the frequent misspellings. Mm. And it's not that misspelling things is like a horrible offense. For me, it's like I get... Spelling is difficult. English is near first language. Like dyslexia is a thing. Learning disabilities. Like spelling just isn't easy. In, in your personal but life, you tend to do it on on purpose a lot. <laughs> I do that. Yeah, yeah. It, it. I do it on purpose because I don't think spelling matters that much. But what it did make me aware of is the number of times the author used the word shook. Because every time they used the word shook, they spelled it shock. And I'm not criticizing their spelling. Let me be clear. The fact, and I'm not even really criticizing this. It's just they used it a lot. Because every time I heard it, I was like, he shock him, he shock his head, this shock, this shock, this... Sh-. Like, it made me aware of the number of times the word was in place. So, like, it's not the misspelling I'm even going to be critical of. It's the number of times that word was used. I was like, whoa, you really like this word shook. Just lack of diversity in the yeah. vocabulary. Also, lunch was consistently pronounced lounge. <laughs> so that made me aware of the number of times that was used. But considering the number of fight scenes, yeah. I think that was actually fairly reasonable. It actually took me a second but, to realize that was a misspelling. Because, like, yeah. it first showed up in, like, the Dinobot Megatron fight. And I could actually see one of them, like lounging mm-hmm. before attacking and it was kind of comical sometimes too like the logic and logic thing but i wouldn't like make fun of the author for that because like spelling is a difficult thing 
But uh, yeah, it was and just weird the number of times the word shook was being used, I think. Uh, that's like kind of a petty and trivial thing, but anyway. Dom, anything you want to comment on? I don't think anything new. The 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 uh, transliteration of Rat Trap's accent was what got to me the mm-hmm. most. Like, I understand the intent, but it's the same thing as like if you're an actor performing um, an accent. Like, you could do it... Um, truthfully but if it's unintelligible to the audience then it's more abrasive and off-putting than anything else yeah like i heard this um youtube breakdown of different accents used in um in in movies and the the guy was personally offended at uh <laughs> at, at, at like the the gypsy accents in snatch oh, that's a slur i know, I know. i'm sorry uh romani romani yeah. yeah they call him something else in the film anyways Okay, yeah. yeah, I think that might also be a slur. I'm not gonna lie. Definitely, let's <laughs> so, definitely assume it's offensive. So I, yeah, and I'm sorry. So let's yeah, and avoid that. But, Speaking of offensive, we oh sorry, finish your thought. Uh, yeah, but like that that accent in that movie was purposefully obtuse. Like that was the purpose yeah. of that accent. It was to be off-putting and isolating. Yeah. Very Speaking of offensive, we already uh, mentioned our issues with Silverback, and we didn't go deep into it, and we don't need to because it's kind of a sideline, but the gender stuff is not great either. Like, there just tends to be a lot of, yeah. like, objectification of women in Transformers society where you would not think that would be a problem because they are robots. Very but, strange. I'm not sure yes. how much of that is on the author you think that's in the source i think a lot of it might be uh, faithful from the source material like like as i mentioned before uh tarantulas using witch yeah which is sort of a a sensor workaround of of character calling somebody bitch all the time because there there, there was no magic in the beast i have to say that if if i were to personally write a beast wars fan fiction and and i have to be hypercritical if i exist children's media and that's happening Mm -hmm. um i'd find a way around that you know like uh, or I'd point out I'd point out the characters' inherent misogyny, and I'd point them out as being like kind of bad people because of it. Or I would rework them into better people. I think one thing the author kind of falls if, if the author is aware of the misogyny, I think they should find a workaround for yeah, it. but that, you that know what sort, I mean? of, sort of implies a lot, a lot of uh, awareness and uh, yeah, totally. Even, yeah. And that's Forget what the I'm term, saying. Uh, that, that, I mean. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is that it wasn't the, there the author yeah, wasn't aware because they hadn't analyzed probably their own internalized misogyny. So. Yeah. Well, what about things that we particularly enjoyed about the fanfic? And I can start again if you like, but I don't need to. Um, on the flip side of mine, complaining about Rattrap's accent, the, I did like a lot of the um, attention to the to the character speech patterns, yeah. which I think lended itself to the strong characterizations of of the characters themselves, which gave yes. a good, yeah, like very familiar. The characters seemed very familiar after coming from the show and reading this. I agree, and it worked. I was gonna comment on the same thing that I liked the most is that this fanfic juggles a lot of characters, mm-hmm. and I am barely familiar with Beast Wars. Like I know Optimus Primal, I remember Rat Trap, mm-hmm. uh, I know Dinobot by reputation, mm-hmm. and I know Waspinator more or less. Mm-hmm. But like, even, and you know that probably helped to have a, a yeah. little bit of foundation. But even so. I feel like I had a decently clear sense about almost all of the characters yes. in this fanfic. Um, oh yeah, and, and I mean Megatron. I'm familiar with the idea of Megatron, yeah. but like, <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't know Cheetor. I got an idea of Cheetor. I didn't know Tagatron. I got that. Air Razor got that. Rhinox got that. Um, like Scorponok and Inferno. Like, and it wasn't hard in this fanfic for me to keep mm-hmm. track of them either. Yeah. And 
I'm not sure exactly wh- how the author did it besides providing them with clear voices. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just mm-hmm. the whole secret. But like, I would have expected for that to be confusing and off-putting for me, and it wasn't, and it worked yes. really well. Because like, none of their segments were very in-depth either. They no. They were just like yes. short clips. They're not that. diving deep into Inferno, but like, you know, it comes up enough that like yes. I get the idea. Yeah. Well, this is the same thing that I wanted to praise was the very well-done characterization. And I wanted to add to that, which is to say... The author, it's not just giving them their own individual voices, which were all very strong and echoed the source media very well. It's that each individual perspective is explored. Each thought process has gone into in almost an equal way. Like this author took the idea of the omniscience of the narrator and placed it into every single character and then developed like a motive Mm-hmm. for each character to behave the way they do at a justification, I felt the author really could empathize with every character they wrote. Like, huh, if I were this character, what would I be thinking? And yeah. then wrote that down for mm. every single character, the Predacons and the Maximals. You don't get and into everybody's head. Well done. But which is good because you didn't need to. Well, but you're I right like that every you time... almost do get into everybody's well, head. Who do you not get into? It's by degree. Do you get into Air Razor's right. head? But do you get into uh, tarantula? Yes, head? a little bit. Yes, you do. I think you do. do like you? not in Jurassic such, Tor. not in a, in every scene, and not to such a degree. Mm-hmm. But just but like there dip are, into there the are moments of like, you know, tarantulas thought this because mm-hmm. of his particular motivation for this. Yeah, there are moments of that um, that occur, and I think a lot of authors would gloss over those characters that they would feel side because there are a lot of characters in those. It is pretty impressive, and I think that's why we're all talking about the yeah. same thing for yeah. this fanfic. Because that's what I take yeah, away from it. I think it. definitely more attention could have been paid, especially to like the quote unquote female characters. And and the flow is the, not great. The women and the, the flow is a little bit lurchy in this fanfic. Um, um, yeah, and some other characters. It is, but. Everybody's head, like they tried to do that, and I respect that. Which I think might have just stemmed from the author listening closely to the vocal performances. Mm-hmm. Yes, they seem to care a lot about that. Except Megatron is the only one whose motivations I don't really like understand or get, which I thought was kind of funny because he's <laughs> such a central character. But I also think that played well for the story because yeah. he's just power-hungry villain, what else can you say, right? <laughs> right, and you can't have him think, like, yes, I will say this to manipulate Dinobot, because that's, like, a mystery they're maintaining. Right. You know, I, like... I think that's a part of, yeah, that's, like, a very deliberate choice. I thought it was funny, like, you know, to see Megatron almost feels, like, alien because he's the only one. Yeah, yeah. The author doesn't I see what you're try saying, to yeah. get into the head of... I don't know if it makes sense. But anyway. So, what's on Doctor for next week? For next week, we are going... Real retro. Mm. I think the oldest fanfic we've done so far is like, um, I don't know, mid-90s. Like, I think we did something from 96 or something. Mm -hmm. We are going to be reading 1979's This Deadly Innocence, which is a Star Trek fanfiction by Leslie Fish. This is too retro model. I don't don't know. Yeah, I thought we were supposed to only do the 90s. Um, You tricked us. That was was where I was going to focus, but originally we were also only going to do anime. And, oh, I um, didn't know that. And, uh, well, I, it was all in my head. <laughs> oh, okay. um, we've kind of expanded the scope a little bit. What are the, um, what's the link to your um, Google Doc for what's inside your head? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to make my head public access. Certainly not for editing. Mm, that's fair. 
Anyway, this Star Trek fanfic is a classic of Kirk Spock shipping, which is Excellent. a, um, I think I can safely say it's a pairing that none of us care about at all. Like, not nope. that we dislike, just that we don't care. I appreciate the historical I, I, context of yeah. it. Well, me too. I but... might have cared when I was, like, an early teens and I watched the Star Trek animated series oh. and thought they were shipping them heavily in that. But well, when you I... read this fanfic, imagine Kirk and Spock being animated I will. go from there. Um, this Badly one, animated, yes. This one had the that. subtitle, The End of the Hurt Comfort Syndrome. The author had a a specific agenda in publishing it of like Mm. going against certain portrayals of Kirk Spock. And so it's all very historical and it should be interesting. And it's also supposed to be a good story. Mm. You can find the link there at bit.ly slash RFR. I didn't decide that before I started saying it. Um, bit.ly slash RFR innocence, I think is what I will do. Okay. Yes. And yes. By the time this is edited, we'll we'll make sure that's, the, the, that link is in place. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. It will not be a yeah, dead link, it's... no. <laughs> um, and anyway, the fanfic today was, of course, Beast Wars Basic Program by Black Widow 3. The mm. link there is bit.ly slash RFR program. But was there any basic bis- bitches in this, or was it just... I have to say Megatron was pretty basic. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Pterosaur was a little bit of a, you know, fake hoe. Yes. Sadly, the sequel is not named after another programming language. Mm. Beast Wars Java program. (laughs) Beast Wars C++. C++. Beast Wars Visual Basic program would be the comic adaptation. Beast Wars Python slash Scorpion. (laughs) Beast Wars HTML. (laughs) So, anyway, next time, look forward to Star Trek and romance. And that's about all we know. We'll find out. (laughs) All right. Excellent. This was episode nine of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Beast Wars Basic Program by Black Widow 3. Not two, three. Mm. Uh, Again, you can find a copy of it on fanfiction.net, and we're providing a link there at bit.ly slash rfrprogram. The intro song to this podcast is The Weekly Fair, off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe, from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. Have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode? Send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Dom. We're just four Earth life forms that the Valk set up to inherit their great knowledge, trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. Beast mode activated. Maximize. <laughs>
Alrighty. Autobot cannibalism. Yeah. Well, there's the episode where they all have biological clones, and Dinobot deals with his by eating it. <laughs> Serious? This is a show for children. That was the stinger at the end of the episode, like him flicking a bit of meat out of his teeth. <laughs> I hate to watch this shit. You need to watch this shit. to happen. Oh my god. 